0: This morning we come to the conclusion on the series Four Cups, living a life of promise and a life of fulfillment, God's timeless promises that he has given to you and me. How many would like to experience more what God has for you in your life? This series that we've been preaching on, having a kind of visual illustration for those who are new here today, guests, whatever, we're going to kind of do a little bit of review. Uh, We've actually, we we feel it's so important, we've reshaped uh, our vision statement around the four cups that come out of Exodus chapter 6. In fact, if you have a Bible here today, I want to encourage you to go there. Uh, in your notes here today, uh, if you're a guest or visitor, you'll see an insert, uh, sermon notes. I want to invite you to go ahead and follow along with us. That passage of scripture is there on the top of your page. And there in Exodus chapter uh, 6 uh, are, is promises that were given to the Jewish people at and this is something that they read at each Passover, each Jewish Passover once a year together as families and as a group. And these are uh, promises, these are the core promises that God had promised. To the Jews, but not only to the Jews, but to us as well, because they 're popping up all over the scriptures, and so we made a decision uh, uh, that we were going to go ahead you know we 're not going to try to do a vision s- statement that 's really about us. We want to kind of go ahead, and what does the Bible have to say about it so here 's our vision statement and uh, I want you to see it it 's there in your uh, every week. Uh, that this is something that not only do I want you to know, but I want you to pray about, to be involved in. And if we could get our our vision statement up there, Alex, uh, can we get it? Here it is. Uh, Say it with me. To see people saved, healed, empowered, and launched into their calling. Can I just tell you, this is what God wants for your life. God wants you saved. God wants you healed on the inside. Even on the outside, he wants to heal bodies. He wants you empowered, and he wants to launch you into your calling. Now, there was some confusion. People were saying, well, Pastor Mike, well, then, if that's our vision, then what is that out there in the hallway as you walk through the doors that you've been talking about, we've we prayed about, and we've preached about? What is that? That's our mission statement. And uh, and I want you to hear it, okay? Say it with me. together. Okay. Extravagantly loving Jesus. Okay. And together, selflessly loving people. Now, here's the difference between, okay, mission and vision. I want you to write this down. Vision is the purpose. Okay. This is, this is how we track. This is to see how we're doing. Are we doing okay in these areas? We want to, we kind of want to take a measurement of how are we doing here in these areas. Mission, okay, what you see out there in the hallway is the culture. It's the atmosphere of what we're trying to set up here at Calvary Church. And by the way, the vision as well as the mission statement here all revolve around the scriptures, around God's word. Now, here uh, in just a a couple of days, I'm so excited about this. We are going to get a chance in our community to go ahead and, and, and do this uh, with the people who are, m- many of them uh, are unchurched and do not know Christ. Uh, we have an event, as I've been announcing, uh, Harvest Night, and I'm so excited about that. We get to love on the community, and, uh, and, and I want to so encourage you to be a representative of Jesus Christ this Sunday. Really excited. So I want to go, go through a, a review of uh, of what we've been speaking on over the last four weeks and, and week number five uh, cup number four week one we talked about God's core promises God has made some very stellar core promises that are found here in Exodus chapter six here's what we what we talked about here was the takeaway okay we talked about the principles behind the promises. If we're going to experience them, there are some principles that we need to have implemented in our life in order to experience them. Here's the second thing. We not only need to know those principles, but we need to know the promises. Say this, know, okay, and to pursue the promises. Do you realize right now, I was doing some research on how much money is out there right now in unclaimed wills. There's been money bestowed upon people And there is literally in each state of the union of the United States literally billions of dollars that are sitting, okay, in accounts right now that are designated towards someone and that someone has absolutely no idea that there's money waiting for them. Folks... It's in the billions. And I would venture to say this. If they found out about it, someone gave them a call, sent them an email, or knocked on their door and said, hey, by the way, uh, that uncle of yours, uh, maybe they uh, they wrote something out for you. There, there's a million bucks. there sitting in an account. Do you want it? I guarantee you. Now, all of a sudden, you got this information. Not only do you know it, but you'll pursue it, right? Amen. Here, here's the same thing. There's, there's there's promises in God's word that relate to the situation that you're going through right now for those who are going through difficult times. Specific promises that relate to your circumstance, to your life, to your marriage, to your kids, your finances, your health, okay? What's going on in your mind, healing and all that. And God not only wants you to know those, but he wants you to pursue those as well. And by the way, we can't experience these promises outside a genuine, real relationship with Jesus Christ himself. So let's go to cup number one. 3,500 years ago, God is having a conversation with Moses. It's here in Exodus chapter 6, and he says, Say to the Israelites that I am the Lord, and I will bring you up from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. The Jews called this the four I wills, the four core promises of God. Cup number one, underline this here in your Bible. I hope you get this one. I want you to go visit this one. I want you to pray about this one. He says, I will bring you out. This is talking about salvation. God was in a in a relocation program. And he's saying, Egypt, that place, it represents death and slavery. I want to take you out of that place. And I just want to get and God makes it easy. We don't have to do nothing. We don't have to read our Bible. We don't have to give. We don't have. It, it, it's it's putting our faith and trust. And, and, and he makes it easy. So basically, we're we're saying, Hey, I had nothing to do with this. God is the one who saved me. Then cup number two. Once you once you're out, God says, Then I will free you. So here they were. God rescues them. They're they're pulled out of Egypt. Then he says, I'm going to go ahead and free you. It sounds like a repeat. And really, it's not. It's not a repeat. They're out of slavery physically, but they had a heart of slavery, okay? And as Christians, by the way, uh, if you're a new Christian and you see other Christians that are messing up, can I just tell you, even though they've given their life to Jesus, they're not perfect They don't have their act together because there's just issues going on. There's there's still some slave issues that are going on in heart. And Jesus wants to deliver it. The the Jews called it the cup of deliverance. He wants to deliver us from a life of sin, habits, bad habits, and hang-ups. A lot of Christians are, are stuck, you know, here's the cup of salvation. And they're stuck on cup two, deliverance. And they're just kind of, man, I, I'm just working on me. I want to I get things right. And they never get to drink from cup three and four. Cup three is this one, underlined there in your Bible. And he says, I will redeem you. God wants to restore you and bring you back to your original intent. Just think of a car that was just really looking good at one time. But all of a sudden, through neglect and time, it, it wasn't taken care of, and it's broken down, not looking really good. God wants to bring you back to your original intent. We have a process here to help you to understand how you can be redeemed to your original intent. Cup 4, here it is, underlined. And he says, I will take you as my own people. What's interesting is as, as these first three cups, it's really kind of individual. Okay, we're drinking from these. And then God goes from singular to plural. He says, now I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to group you with the people. I'm going to connect you with the tribe, with the team, with the church. Okay? You're not just one person. Okay? Let me put it this way. God never does his best in people. He does it in a group. Okay? Let me, I'm going to tell you why shortly. He says, when you dr-, and by the way, when you drink from these four cups, here it is. Look at the promise. He says, "Then you will know that I am the Lord your God." He says, you're, "When you drink from these cups, you're going to experience to see how real I am in your life." This is what God wanted them to experience, and He wants you and I to experience. By the way, that's fulfillment. Now, we 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 believe it's so pro so absolutely pivotal that we've shaped these promises around our vision statement, okay? This is how we at Calvary try to... How do we we fulfill these things practically at Calvary Church? I want you to go ahead. uh, The cup of sanctification, which we've entitled, we call it the cup of salvation. You can write there in your notes. How do we do that? We do that through outreach and weekend services. We're going to have a massive outreach this Friday. Uh, each year, that uh, me personally, uh, that I've been out and, and meeting people, saying hello. Uh, I've got a chance to plant seeds, uh, share the gospel, the good news with Jesus. Just in conversation, it's been wonderful. Thursdays, uh, we have a, a, an awesome outreach. Calvary, if you've never been there, you ever got a Thursday off, and you want to be a part of what's going on Thursday mornings from 10 o'clock to 2, uh, uh, and, and handing out groceries I, I, It's one of my favorite things to do I mean I get a chance to hear people And I, and I know my thinking uh, A lot of times you know Well these people are, They're just lazy people And they you know, don't want to work And here's what I found out A lot of people are going through Some tough stuff Some of them got themselves into trouble Through some bad choices And they're reaping what they have sowed But there's been a lot of people That are going through issues That are really tough And, and, and the enemy of their soul Has come to bring destruction and you get to hear their story and uh and i love it and and, and i get to tell them god's story that god loves them and hasn't given up on them and watch the holy spirit work in our lives in fact we have people here in the room that are here this morning god has touched your life because he hasn't given up on you and used groceries to go ahead and to bring you hope and bring you back to jesus and uh and so it's wonderful. So we use outreach and, and, and weekend services Sunday morning. Uh, we, we designed the services not just for church people so that you could be a, a, fed a good meal from God's word and be in his presence and worship. But, but each Sunday, it's rarely to where I won't go ahead and, and, and give a message at the end and an invitation. If you don't know Christ, uh, now's the time to go ahead and give your life to him. Many people through the years have given their life to Jesus Christ on Sunday mornings. And I thank the Lord for that. So that's what we do in cup one. The cup of deliverance, uh, we, we, we try to do that through small groups and the word. Where do you go to get free? Where do you go to get healed Discipled and grow and to go to get deep. You do that in the context of small groups meeting together in a tribe of people who are like-minded, who are going after God. It's in those relationships that God begins to free us and do some deep work in our hearts. It's also through reading His Word, learning how uh, to use His Word. There's a lot of people that read this, but they don't know how to use it as a sword. The Bible describes... Uh, uh, it, that this is is a sword and we can fight with it and we can defeat the enemy through it so we do that through through the word in small groups cup number 3 the cup of redemption okay we do that through growth track okay the the video that you saw just before the other video we 've been uh, talking about for the last couple of weeks in fact, we devoted a whole sermon almost last week to help you to discover why on earth am I here what 's the purpose? What does God have for me here? What does God want me to do? How do you find your redemptive calling your original tent? We do that through growth track here 's what we 're asking for those who 've been with me from two thousand. And I I thank God for you. Thank you for your faithfulness. You've been hanging there with me, praying for me and my family. But I want to just say to everyone here in this room, make no mistake, when we're getting to cup three, the enemy of your soul, okay, does not want you to drink from these two cups. Now, if you've drank from salvation, but you're still working on trying to get your issues ironed out, trying to get free and God wants, you to, God wants to bring healing and freedom right here, but the enemy is working overtime to keep you from this. I, I implore you, if you really want to live a life of fulfillment, I'm going to talk about that here uh, in a moment, get, to, get the growth track. Trust me when I say this. I need four Sundays, just one time. Okay, come here four Sundays and hear what God wants to do in your life and how you can go to the next level. And then uh, cup four, which the Jews called the cup of praise. This is where we're serving together. It's using the gifts that God has placed into your life, the passions that are inside of you to make a difference, not only in your church, okay, but to make a difference here in your community that you live in. You are part of a team making a difference. But this morning here, now that was the introduction, by the way, you're going to go, oh, no, Pastor, it's going to be long. No, it isn't. Uh, I, I, I want to make a, a very simple statement here this morning. That's going to be so simple you're going to go, yeah, I know that. But it's massive. It's huge. Because the liar, the thief of all thieves, has been lying to you and I, and he doesn't want you to experience this. And here it is. Write this down. God wants you and I to experience a life of fulfillment. That's it. Okay. He wants you and I to be fulfilled. Say fulfilled. I'm going to prove that to you here in a little while. But, but here's what happens. Many of God's people settle for so much less than what he really has for them. A lot of people. I just want to go back to what I said last week. You know, here's what would be a good life if nothing bad happens to me. If this this junk would stop happening, if my kids would start listening to me, if my husband started treating me, you know, in a loving way, my wife would respect me. If I had more money coming in, you know, all of this thing just to stop, then it would be good. And that's not all God has for you. He has so much more. And it's my call It's my call in prayer. I, I pray over you. I said, God, I pray that my brothers and sisters would experience this. This is a prayer. Exodus chapter 6, 6 and 7. I'm praying for every single one of you. It's not God's best for you. God always intended for you and I to live a life of fullness. Say fullness. I'm going to take you to the scripture. The first Bible verse I memorized when I got saved 36 years ago. It still remains to be my favorite verse in the Bible. John chapter 10, verse 10 from the Living Bible. Jesus said this, the thief. Who's the thief? Okay. The devil or Satan's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. By the way, that's your marriage. That's your kids, your family, your finances, whatever, your mind, your emotions. He, he's out. Anything that's good in your life, he has a target on it. Okay, he's after your family. In fact, next week, to the, just a heads up, I'm starting a series on preaching on the family. What does God's word have to say about family? And it's going to be very practical, very helpful. I so want to encourage you, make sure that you're here. And you're saying, well, you know, I, you know my kids are growing up. They're out of the house. Grandparents, you're not. I mean, you've got grandkids. that your, your parenting isn't over. And, and be here. It's going to be good, and it's going to be helpful. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. And here's what's happening a lot of God's people. They're in cup one and two. I mean, they've had a few bites. They've had an appetizer. They've had a, a couple of things, but yet there's un, they're not satisfied. They're not full. And they say, man, there is so much more. And God wants to bring fullness in your life. But the question is, why do so few Experience that who are in the church. Is that just a dream? Is that just a statement? Or is that reality? Why aren't people experiencing the reality of that? Okay, I'm going to talk to you about three things here when it comes to this verse right here. I want you to fill in the blanks. Here it is. We let our past cripple us. There are people here in this room. Your life and how you're living your life is based upon what happened to you in the past. And by the way, the devil will remind you on a daily basis, remember what you did on that day, that week, that year. Psalm 34, verse 4, it says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought very low. Okay, here's what's happening. We're going through life looking at the rear view mirror and just hearing and looking... The, uh, at the mistakes that, we, that we've made. And we, and we can't see the windshield and see the future that God has for us. And the enemy wants you looking back all the time. And what happens is when we're living through the rear view mirror, we can't see what God not only wants to do in our life, but he, what he wants to do through us. Here it is for those who are struggling. Not everybody here is in this area, but there are people in this place. The past, what people did to you, choices that you've made, it, it has it has stalled you. You haven't been able to go forward. I, I so wanna encourage you. I mean if you've been beating yourself up and the enemy's speaking to you, I wanna tell you this. Don't let the past define you. Don't let it stop you. There's a, that voice that says you'll, you'll never change. That voice says you'll keep on doing this. You need to remind the enemy of this that, that whoever confesses his sins, First John 1, 9, is, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sin and to cleanse us of all our impurities. The blood of Christ has taken care of everyone's past issues, their mistakes and their sins. By the way, you can solve this with cup two. You, you, it, it happens in relationships that we get free of this baggage that we're carrying, especially of things in the past. I remember, I've, I've been a Christian for 36 years now but i remember a very low moment in my life i was really struggling i was bowed down low and uh, uh, on the inside i mean going through guilt and and i knew the word I'm, I'm in college i'm 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 going to study to be a pastor to be a leader and and i'm i'm struggling and and, and there was some disobedience issues whatever and and i was just I was just broken and, and feeling just like a total loser. And I remember I was working on this paint crew and I was in a garage and with this guy by the name of Ed. And uh, Ed had went to a Central Bible College like I had. His freshman year, after his freshman year, he, he, was fa- he was older than I was. He was fascinated by marijuana. He says, I wanted to try a hit. I wanted to smoke a, you know, a joint. And he says, that one joint led to a life of of, of becoming a heroin addict and alcohol and alcoholic and a life of crime from that just from trying that he he ended up in prison for over two years he gets out goes back into that same life uh, losing lifestyle and then and, and god's grace got a hold of him he he God freedom healed him, and, and I remember I, I started just to share with him what was going on, and now he's back at Bible college and studying to become a pastor, and I told him what was going on in my life, and he looked at me, and he says, Mike, listen, he says, you're still God's son, and God forgives you. you if He says, you wouldn't be feeling bad. You wouldn't be feeling bad if you were away from him, He still loves you. And I remember when he spoke, he says, you're forgiven in Jesus' name. He was speaking literally John chapter 20 right to me. And I remember on the inside, I I just could feel the weight just falling off of me and going forward in my life. Listen, it's in relationships that we can get free and God can begin to bring healing into our lives. Here's the next one. Why, Why we're not experiencing fullness. We let culture define us. We run a script, a playbook, but the playbook and the script that we're re- we're running is not God's playbook. Okay, I want to ask you: What are you pattering your life after? Your relationships, your finances, your kids, uh, your your marriage, your your business. Okay, here's what's happening: The enemy, right now, we're watching it happening—literally, history before our eyes—is trying to redefine culture and what's morally right and what's morally acceptable. But here's, here's what will happen. If you're not li- living your life according to the playbook, the ultimate playbook, okay, you'll never experience the full life that God has for you. Here it is. It's solved in cup three. Solved by, 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 by knowing the purpose that God has for your life. But here's a surefire way to keep you unfulfilled, which is number three, from reaching your potential. We try to do it all alone. We try. We try to do. We try to do our walk all on with God. And and what happens is we don't get that far. We we make some progress, but we don't make the progress what God has for us. You try to do life with other people, other believers. They can kind of get under your skin. They can kind of bother you, right? And uh, because people sometimes present problems and and and. and, and and you don't get along with people. They say things. They do things. All of a sudden, you get into this relationship. Oh, they're just a head case. I don't trust them. And then we find ourselves isolated. And we don't trust anyone or very few. And folks, you will never fulfill, be fulfilled being by yourself. Ecclesiastes 4.8 says this. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. You can have it all, but if you're not connected relationally, oh, life can be lonely. When we were out on the cruise just a couple of weeks ago, it bothered me. i seen people sitting in, in, in the eating areas, uh, individuals all by themselves just eating a meal. And, and I found myself just kind of like, the pastor part of me just praying for him. I says, God, Send someone their way. God, may they meet you first of all, Lord. And and Lord, may they have a companion, Lord, where they can share life together and meet other people and and, and be connected to your church. By the way, cup four solves that one. Jewish people called this cup number four. They called it the cup of praise. Say praise with me. Praise, okay? They also, the Hebrew word for praise was hellel or where we get the term hallelujah, okay? It's a term of celebration and praise. It means more than just singing a song or a worship moment. It means to live a life of praise, a life of hallelujah, of hallel, okay? It means living large, okay? It means not problem-free. We still got issues. We still have the enemy to contend with, but there's something on the inside that says yes, I feel full. I feel satisfied. I absolutely love God, and I love life. I don't meet a lot of people like that. The reason why that they're loving life is because they drank from the four cups. And that's my prayer for you. That's what Jesus' prayer for you is right now, is that you would live a life of fullness, okay? Where you say, I love life. Let's look at the cup number four, the promise behind it here it is. Here's, the, here's the, the fourth I will. He says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. If you're going to live a, a life of praise of halal, okay, okay, a life full of meaning, you have to find a family. You have to find a tribe. You have to find a team. You, you have to find a church and then you have to be connected with like minded people and not only find your gifts but use those gifts to serve the Lord. If you go through Growth Track, you go through three oh one, it's one of the most fascinating courses right here. It helps you to discover your bent, your personality, the gifts, what God has placed in your life. And here's what happens. All of a sudden, I recognize that that God I'm a hand. But listen, the hand needs the arm. Okay, the mouth, okay, needs the rest of the face. Okay, it needs the rest of the body. And, and if you really, really want to make a difference, it's absolutely huge. You have to be connected in relationship. And then God says right here, he says, when you drink from these four cups, he says, then I will be your God and you'll know that I'm God. And it's right there. It's where, where, where God says, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon it. I'm going to bless it. I'm going to go ahead and use your life to make a difference. How many went to college here in this place? How many people are just curious? I'm just curious. Been to school before? If you've been to school and you and your your basics, most of us had to take a psychology course. And uh, and and one the psychology course, you would have probably heard about Abraham Maslow. He was a sociologist and a, a psychiatrist, and basically, he began to really study human behavior. And he came up with the hierarchy of needs. And he discovered this, that every person does things based upon needs, and then they act out those things to fulfill those needs. Now, he came up and he kind of made a pyramid, and and he he says there's eight core needs to people, and they act out on these. And I'm going to go through five of them, not all eight of them. They're on the screen. Here's number one, physical needs. We all have physical needs. Need to eat. Need to breathe, okay? To drink water. Second one was safety needs. There's something inside of us. You know, I need to feel safe. And we take steps to go ahead to feel safe. Then we have love needs. Love needs to where we, we need to be able to receive love, unconditional love, as well as be able to give it out, which is very important. Then fourth is esteem needs. This is where you need to be complimented. And we've done, and I think all of us here in this room have gone to great lengths in some capacity where we're fishing for a compliment. Come on, say amen to that. We're all guilty of that one. Okay. So let me go ahead and and go to, this is, this is, he says, this is the one that's at the, the pinnacle. This is the top one. Okay. He called it transcendent needs. Okay. Transcendent needs, but basically, what he was saying is: says there's something inside of us that wants to make a mark here in this world, where we, when we leave, that we left a legacy, that we made a huge difference here in this life. There's something that's driving us. Webster describes transcendence as living a life beyond yourself where you're going beyond yourself towards someone else and for their betterment. How will we do that? And how does God do that? God says, I'm going to make you a people. I'm going to connect you with a tribe. And with that tribe, that tribe is going to make a difference and you're going to be a part of it. Okay? It only happens. A fulfilled life is when you're connected with God's people that truly want to make a difference for eternity. I want you to see the statement here on the screen. I want you to just take a a moment to write this down because this is huge. Ultimate fulfillment comes when you're part of a family making a difference because God is on your side. Ultimate fulfillment comes when you're part of a family making a difference because God is on your side. So the question is, okay, I, I recognize Pastor I mean, God is working in my life. I'm saved. Uh, He's beginning to heal me. I'm getting free of issues. I'm discovering why I'm here on earth. But now I'm ready to drink from cup four. The question is, how do I drink from this cup? And what does it mean to to drink from a cup of praise? To live a hellel life, okay? How do we drink from it? Here it is, three things. And then we're going to have communion together. Number one, It begins with a calling. We all have to realize that we all have a part in God's kingdom and making a difference here on earth. And do you know what? That means it cannot happen fully unless you are doing your part in God's kingdom and in God's church. Here's the fact of the matter. 87% of those who are in church don't know what their purpose is and are not serving in God's church in any capacity. They're, 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 they're saved. They're working on their issues, but they're just kind of, they're attenders. They, they love to hear the word. They love to be in God's presence, but they have, they, they have no clue to what God's called them to do or let alone or the gifts that are inside and, and use those gifts, which is cut four to go ahead and serve God and to make a difference. So why is that happening? Okay? We have to understand that we have all been called by God. We need everyone. Everyone of God here in this room has a calling on your life. And you're saying, no, no, no. That's you, Pastor. That's Pastor Mike, Pastor It's Pastor Carl. And, uh, yeah, you guys, you know, yeah, you guys. But, yeah, yeah, there's no question. I'm call, I, I, I was called to pastor and to lead and, and to do that. But can I just tell you? You have a calling on your life. And, and by the way, responding to that call, it's bit, it was one of the best. Besides marrying my wife, having kids, and getting saved, it was it was probably the best decision of my life. Been very difficult at times, being a pastor. Trust me, big target on me. Okay, experienced many different things. But I, But here's the thing, you have a calling on your life. Did you know that? Do you know what that calling is? Let me take first of all, let me take you to the scripture to prove there's a calling. 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, God, who first saved us and then called us, plural, to this holy work. We had nothing to do it, with it. God has called all of us to a work. It's a holy work. And we had nothing to do with it. I mean, what I do, I mean, I had nothing to do. I just respond, God, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do through me and in me? And I respond to that. I want you to say this with me according to what His Word said. I'm called. That is so weak. <clears throat> you don't even want to be called because there's ramifications behind the call and you don't want the responsibility that goes with the call. That's why it was weak. But say it loud. I'm called. All right. What's the calling? Here it is. There in your, in your notes, it's blank. What is the calling? Here it is. Drum roll. It's to make a difference. Here it is, to make a difference. And by the way, to make an eternal difference. People lose their way when they lose their Why? People lose, I mean, just kind of floating through life, you know, I think I'll do this, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do, this. no, I've been called to make a difference, okay, I don't care what your job is, I don't care if you're an engineer, I don't care if you're a homemaker, huge job, very important job, okay, I, 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 don't, I don't care what it is, you have to understand that, that as a mom, as an engineer, a teacher, whatever it is, you have been called by God to make a difference while you are here on planet Earth. And that call, here it is, which goes into number two, it stands on a cause. You're not just called to teach. You're not just called to, to be an engineer or, or a mom or, or to teach or to play an instrument or climb a mountain. Those are all fine. Your calling is more than human accomplishments. Your calling is to make an eternal difference. I call it the cause that counts. Paul put it this way. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I finish it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Here's my assignment. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And you say, Pastor, well, that was Paul, the apostle. That's not me. Okay, maybe you don't have the assignment of being an apostle or an evangelist, I mean, that Paul was. But God, but I ask you this question Do you know your assignment? Well, I'm a mom. Okay. Good. Do you know your assignment behind being a mom, a dad, okay? A, a worker. Do you know your assignment behind that? Okay. Use your job, your family, your house, your money, your talent, and your gifts, okay, for, for, for good, having fun, but use it ultimately to make an eternal difference. Here it is the second blank doing something. That makes a difference. But third, you can't drink from the cup of praise until it spreads from me to we. You can't do it all alone. Can't do your best unless, as I said repeatedly in the sermon, unless you find a tribe or a team where you are doing it together to serve God, to see people launched into his kingdom. And here's what I want to encourage you. Here's Here's the practical step. It's in your hands right now. There's a bulletin. And then there's a, in that bulletin, there's a connection card. And I'm going to ask if you haven't been involved in our growth track. I'm telling my wife, I'm telling myself, right, find out where you are right now. I, I just need four Sundays. Four Sundays that can help you to get you going forward. That's going to help you, by the way, drinking from the four cups and to help you to experience a life of fulfillment, okay? I want to hear, here it is. I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference. And that's where a lot of people are really, are, are not living a fulfilled life. They're doing things that really don't make a difference. They're, they're okay, but it's not making a difference. Get, here it is. Get with people who want to make a difference. So many times we, we've made our closest friends, our acquaintances with people that are just kind of, doing things that really don't matter. Get involved with like-minded people who want to see people saved, who want to see people healed, okay, and delivered, who want to see people, okay, launched into their calling and to discover their purpose in their life. I want to read to you one more scripture and then we're going to pray. This is what Jesus has to say about the cup of Hillel. The four cups. He says, this is my... To my Father's glory, John chapter 15, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you that are sitting here this morning, the the guy that's standing here uh, up on the stage right there, here right now, that you, Mike Rarick, my brothers and sisters, you bear much fruit. What does that look like? What does that fruit look like? Well, some say, well, Pastor, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, and... Self-control, yeah, that's there. He he, definitely wants that to happen. That's happening in the cup too. But can I tell you what that fruit also looks like? It's connected to lives, people who don't know Jesus yet, people that need to be discipled, need to be launched into their calling. He says, "This is this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples." He says, "I've told you this." so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Can I just tell you something about God's joy? You want it. You need it. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Keep you going. Making it through the days, making it through the weeks, making it through the months, making it through the years. Not just making it, but thriving. Okay, living the Hallel life, a life of promise. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. When I ask you here this morning to be honest with yourself and ask this question, am I in a right relationship with God? Have, have I... Ask Christ to forgive me of my sins. Have I surrendered my life to Him? Is He the most important relationship in my life? If you've never done that before, or maybe you've done that, and He was the most important relationship in your life, and, and you spent time with Him, you loved Him, but for some reason maybe you've got sidetracked and you're off the path. The Bible describes that as backslidden. You say, I want to come back. Will he have me? And I say, absolutely, yes. Confess your sins to him. He's faithful and just to forgive you of all that foolishness and selfishness that you've been indulged with. He says, not only will I forgive you, but I'll cleanse you and I'll purify you as well. But if that is you here today, sir, so, Pastor, I've never given my life to Christ and I want to do this. I I feel something inside of me is missing, and that that which is missing is Christ in you. And I want to do that here today. I want to surrender my life to Christ. For the backslidden that are here today, I want to come to Him. Would you just right now, the Holy Spirit's working on hearts. So that's me. I want to pray, and I want to make things right with God right now. Would you just raise your hand? That's me, and I want to make things right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands up all over this place. I'm not right with God right now. I know it. You can put your hands down. I'm not right, but I'm, I'm making a decision to repent. I need Him. And I want to receive Him today. I want to surrender here. Come on, let's pray. And we're going to go ahead, and Calvary's family is going to join in with you. We're going to say this out loud. This Make it come from your heart. Say, dear God, I recognize... I've sinned against you. And I am in need of not only forgiveness, but I'm in need of a Savior. So I call upon your son Jesus to save me, to deliver me, to heal me. I ask you, Lord, to do your work in my heart. Take this heart of slavery out. I want to be free. I want to serve you. I want to know you. Thank you, Jesus, that you offer this cup to me. I drink of it today. In your name I pray. Amen.